thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Healthy Shift Worker with your host, Audra Starkey. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. My name is Audra Starkey and I'm here to help you to manage some of the toughest challenges we face whilst working 24-7. I'm changing tack a little in today's episode as we talk about a completely different topic, but one which I think is incredibly important because it can have an enormous impact on our physical, mental and emotional well-being, that being financial stress. As shift workers, ongoing tiredness and exhaustion is definitely a big part of what we experience thanks to a life of sleep deprivation. But financial stress can also be a big driving factor and can make us feel even more depleted if we've got this financial burden resting on our shoulders. So to talk more about this topic, I've invited John Hutchison on the podcast today, who is a financial planner based in Brisbane up here in Queensland. John believes every person deserves access to sound financial advice and to have confidence in their financial position, which includes knowing your options, making informed decisions, having a clear direction and financial security. So to tell us more about overcoming financial stress, I'd like to give a warm, healthy shift worker a welcome to John. Thanks, Audra. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's great to have you here, John. Thanks so much for joining me. I mean, this is this topic that we're going to delve into is is not something that we ever get taught about at school, um, but can have a profound impact uh, on our future, which is you know why I've wanted to kind of bring you in today. So yeah, thanks for joining me. But I guess to kickstart the interview off, I'd really like to learn a little about yourself and hear your story. I mean, what set you on the path to becoming a financial planner? Yeah, look, absolutely. So I guess uh, for myself, it's um, always been something of real interest. And I think the big thing for me is just everybody goes through some financial struggles or financial stress at time in their life. And I think um, the more you can get control of your finances and the more you can get organised around your finances, it just makes the rest of your life a lot easier. So for me, the big part is I think, you know, most Australians have their, their ups and downs and their challenges. And if they can just have a clear plan and direction uh, an organisation with their finances, it just makes their life and their lifestyle a lot easier. Yeah, it sounds great because it can definitely uh, be a big bearing on people's shoulders, no doubt, some of the, you know, the clients that, that you work with. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, we work with people from, I guess, diverse range of fields and, and different walks of life, but uh, everyone has, I guess, similar things that they want to achieve um, and similar challenges that they will go through. So it's about making sure they're making the right decisions now that's going to put them in a much stronger position going forward. Yeah. Well, look, one of the reasons why I wanted to invite you onto the show, John, is because shift workers are stressed. Um, there's no doubt about that. Uh, and by this, I mean that we're biologically stressed as a result of working 24-7. So that's even before we've set foot in a stressful workplace. But I want to talk to you today about financial stress because I know that this is something very real in many of my clients and it's definitely affecting their mental health and well-being, not to mention it's placing a strain on their relationships, their home life, and it's not something that we can fix by taking some kind of pill. Um, but we need to, so I guess we really need to go way deeper than that. But I'm definitely no financial advisor, hence why we're chatting today. But John, I read somewhere that one in three Australians are spending more than they earned. Now, this really surprised me. Does that not surprise you? 
Um, I've seen a lot of it, so it probably doesn't surprise me now, but it would have surprised me or did surprise me when I first came into the industry. And I think it's a typical kind of, you know, people have the mentality often that, you know, it's tomorrow's problem. So if I spend a bit more money than I earn and put it on the credit card or take out a personal loan, I can deal with it tomorrow. I can deal with it 12 months down the track. And the the challenge is you start to get a bit of a snowball effect. So once you start taking on a little bit of debt and taking on more or spending more money than you earn, it becomes a bigger and bigger challenge to further push it down the road. So I think one of the big things that we always talk to clients about is really just taking ownership around cash flow and budgeting up front. Um, if we can get a really good structure, start to just put little bits of savings away on a consistent basis. It just makes life a lot easier down the track and really opens up a lot of opportunities and a lot of options going forward. Yeah, would one of those things, um, excuse me, be due to the fact that I guess we've been able to quite easily get uh, approval for credit cards? I mean, even I know myself when I was back studying full-time, I had – the bank, you know, sending me uh, letters saying that they're quite happy to increase my credit rating up to about $10,000. Now, I wasn't even working at the time. So I just, I found that quite empowering. I mean, I obviously didn't take up on it, but I can imagine that some people would. I'm glad you didn't take up on it because <laughs> it's, it's, it's very tempting. And I think that you look now with everything with pay pass, it doesn't even feel like you're spending money a lot of the time. So you, you don't need to save up money to spend that money. You can actually spend money that you haven't earned yet. So one of the big things we try and educate clients around is there's, there's good debt, which is debt you're taking on to grow wealth and invest. And there's also bad debt, which is things like credit cards and personal loans that are going towards lifestyle assets that aren't going to produce an income. So the, there's very easy access to credit cards and personal loans these days. So it can be very tempting for people just to take on a bit of debt and try and deal with that issue a bit further down the track. Yeah, it's it's quite yeah, frightening, I suppose, and I guess it's having that yeah, discipline, absolutely. isn't it? Absolutely. And, I mean, people get stung. There's... Even a lot of credit cards will have zero interest for a period of time, but then they'll roll up to higher interest rates. So sometimes they'll roll up to 15, 20% interest rates. So you can get stung a bit further down the track. Mm, unless you read the fine print. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there was a really great quote um, that I read by Will Smith uh, quite a few years ago, you know, the, the famous actor, of course, um, which I thought was pretty powerful. And he said, too many people are buying things that they can't afford with money that they don't have to impress people that they don't like. I think that's a, it's an interesting one. It's, yeah, the person, my next door neighbour has a nice car, I need a nice car, my friend's got a, you know, nice clothes, nice suit, and I need to buy it as well. So there is probably a little bit of that as well. Um, and I think the, the big thing that uh, I always stress is if you have that mentality in the early stage and spend money that you don't have, well, it's all well and good for a year or two, but then you really restrict yourself in a few years down the track. So if you just find that balance in the shorter term um, and just try and save a little bit of money in the shorter term, you're not going to restrict yourself in 12 months' time, in two years' time, and you're not going to be having the first several hundred or even several thousand dollars of your monthly paycheck going to just servicing different debts. Mm. 
Yeah. Well, now I've probably got a variety of listeners tuning in from all walks of life um, and all different ages as well. But for those that may not be, you know, may not be in, let's say, a, a great financial position at the moment, is getting out of debt really possible for people in today's economic environment? Look, absolutely. And I think the first thing you've got to do is actually take that first step. The first step is, is always the hardest one because it's, I guess, uh, getting your head out of the sand and actually uh, accepting the reality that you do need to change something. So that's always the biggest challenge. And once you take the first step, it's, it can be challenging, but it does become easier over time. So the, the first thing I would really suggest is you go down, you have a chat to someone, have a chat to a professional, get them a third party to look over your situation because sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming if you're trying to deal with it all yourself. Um, so get a third party or a trusted third party to uh, look over your situation, sit down and start to work out a plan. I think the biggest thing is if you've got a plan, um, even though it might be something that takes a period of time, if you do have a plan and direction that you're working towards, there's light at the end of the tunnel. So you can actually see that, all right, if I stick to this plan, I can have this debt cleared in X amount of time. So it makes it a lot more... I guess easy to follow through with that when you actually know that you're going to get to a certain position um, down the track. Mm, yeah, I think I read somewhere that there's basically two options that you can have as well, that you can either find a way to increase your income to help, you know, pay for, you know, all of your expenses, uh, which I know a few people are, who are juggling a few different jobs to try and do this, or the other option is that we can reduce our expenses. Oh, absolutely. And the, the, I guess increasing the amount of work you're taking on and increasing hours can be tough because people these days are typically working quite long hours. Um, a lot of people aren't working the typical nine to five and obviously a lot of your listeners wouldn't be. Um, and people are working longer and longer hours. So there's only so many hours in the day that you can work and you still want to be able to see your family and still want to be able to see your friends and have a life outside of work. So um, as much as you can increase your income, you also want to make sure you're managing your expenses. Oh, I th yeah, that's brilliant. I think that's brilliant advice because that's the thing. You can sort of feel like you're working and working and working, and but you're working yourself into the grind uh, and you're not actually changing your behaviour. So it's kind of uh, off offsetting all that hard work that you're doing. Look, absolutely, and you, you work hard and you work hard to earn your income, so you want to make sure that with that income you're making the right financial decisions as well. Yeah, definitely. There's actually a book that I'm reading at the moment, John, called The Barefoot Investor by Scott um, Pape, I think it is, um, and he has a powerful story because he lost everything in the Victorian bushfires quite a few years ago but it's now set, him up, set himself up quite well. Um, I'm thinking that as a financial planner that you're familiar with this book. Yeah, I've got a lot of people I've spoken to have read this book and there's, I think, some good concepts in there and some good common sense advice that uh, people can certainly take on board. Yeah, and this, uh, because he's written one before and I've actually just um, picked up the, his new one, I think it's called The Only Money Guide um, That You'll Ever Need. Is there any sort of bits in the book that you can sort of really resonate with? I think um, the I haven't actually read the book myself, but uh, the, what I understand of it, it is about just doing the simple things right. So it's about 
um, you know, getting the, the foundations in place first and foremost, saving a little bit of money for your weekly pay from your monthly pay. Um, and if you get into those good habits in the early stages, that kind of opens up other opportunities. So I think it's really about getting the fundamentals in place first. Yeah, fundamentals, huge. Yep. So you mentioned on your website, uh, John, that financial freedom really means different things to different people. Can you explain a little what you mean by this? So I guess with any investing, with any financial planning, the the end game isn't having X amount in investments or having a certain amount of passive income. It's actually, well, what do you want to achieve with that? So for some people... Financial security is just a case of not having to worry about if they've got enough money to pay the next bill. Uh, it might be making sure they've got enough money to put their kids through uh, a certain school. It might be enough uh, to make sure they can enjoy a comfortable family lifestyle or a comfortable retirement. So everyone's got different goals that they're working towards. So I think it's really important when you start out on a journey when you're talking to a planner is working out well, what are your important goals that you want to work towards. Uh, both in the short, uh, medium and also the long term. And then really the, the planning should be making sure whatever decisions you're making uh, are going to financially allow you to achieve those goals. Yeah, right. It's, um, yeah, it sounds really interesting. So do you have, I guess, your top three things that you would recommend for people to, you know, get them out of their debt if they're currently listening and they're staring down the barrel at the moment of just this debt which they just don't feel like they can get themselves out of mm-hmm. um, yeah can you if you were I guess sitting in front of them right now to kind of give them some little bit of hope or a little bit of direction what three things would you you know recommend that they do besides coming to see you obviously would be the first one or any financial planner uh, but yeah I guess yeah. You know, top three things yeah look absolutely so I think um Number one would be work through your budget. So actually understand where your money's going because a lot of the time people just don't know where their money goes. They know that their money is going every week or every month, but they're not quite sure where it goes. So sit down and actually work through a budget. Um, and if, you, if you've got a partner, sit down with your partner, do it as a, a couple and make sure you actually start to identify where your money's going because you might uh, actually get a few surprises and realise that there's probably a few things that you're spending a lot of money on that you can actually cut back on quite comfortably. So that would be, first and foremost, really understand where your cash flow is going. Um, There's also a couple of good apps people can look into that helps identify where their money's going and it can pull information from different bank accounts just so you get a bit of a gauge. Um, Have a look on things like Money Brilliant or Pocketsmith, good starting tools if people actually want to start getting, I guess, a bit of structure around their budget. Um, Second thing would be to consolidate, or not consolidate necessarily, but review your debt. So if you've got, I guess, financial stress with different debts, you might have several different debts, whether it's credit cards, personal loans, car loans, or even home loans. Um, Sit down, whether it's with a planner, with a mortgage broker, and actually look at how your debts are structured, work out if you can get better interest rates, if you can get better structures, um, if you can reduce your monthly outgoings on uh, the interest repayments as well. So sit down with someone and actually review the structure of your debt. Um, The third one is realistically, if you want to, I guess, have the motivation to 
like anything, when, you, when you're trying to put plans in place, uh, work out where you want to be at the end of it because that can give you the motivation to keep working through clearing debt and getting out of financial stress. So if you've got you know, particular goals that once you get free, you'd love to work towards, have those goals front of mind and that way um, when you're going through a couple of challenging times, at least you've got uh, a big goal at the end of the, end, end of the line that you can start to work towards. Mm, kind of helps us get that motivation to get out of bed for us anyway shift workers at 3am <laughs> absolutely so you know it's a you're working long hours and you're working quite different hours as well so it's um it's important i think if you've got a goal that you're working towards it does make it a lot easier to make these steps Mm. You mentioned um, at step one is to really kind of look at where your money is vanishing from. I was actually talking to a lady just the other day on a, on a similar subject and she said that there's quite a lot of us and I have to, here I am saying this on my podcast, so I have to put my hand up, I'm a bit guilty of this, uh, is that we, you know, you, know you, you sign up for stuff and there's you, you end up having these automatic deductions that, can, uh, that are leaving your account that you've forgotten about. And she said that there's, you know, so many people out there that have kind of, you know, um, not really paying attention to all these little, little, and they might be quite small, but they add up over time of having all these little, little things that are getting deducted each month. So, um, yeah, I think probably even if they just start by sitting down and looking at some of those things and, and cancelling, uh, you know, certain subscriptions to certain things would be a, a good place to to start getting themselves out of that hole. Well, I mean, there's, you often see sort of little things that do add up. So, for example, when I first sat down and worked through my budget, I looked at I was buying one or two copies every day. And it only seems like a few dollars here and a few dollars there, but you add it up over the course of the week and the course of the month, it actually adds up to quite a bit of money. So it's those little things. If you just make minor changes that don't really affect your lifestyle, so instead of buying a couple of copies a day, I'll just make them at the office. I might say $5, $10 a day, and that all adds up when you start accumulating all of these little things. So I think the big thing, absolutely, understand all those little outgoings. Work out if you still need them. If you do, fine. But if you don't need those and uh, you're just paying a little bit for something that doesn't really affect your lifestyle, then you can maybe look to make a few changes. Mm-hmm. I love that you used the coffee one there because, yeah, we're all quite guilty of this and shift workers in particular might just have more than one or two, might have four, five or six coffees a day to kind of keep <laughs> themselves at work. So that could really end up saving them quite a lot of money. <laughs> Exactly right, and you spend a few dollars, it doesn't feel like a lot, and it's all, all those ones adding up. So I'm definitely guilty of uh, enjoying my coffee, so that's something I've got to be pretty conscious of as well. Yeah, yeah, and it's worse when the coffee ends up not being that great as well. Yeah, that's right. You know, close to $5 a pop these days. So, yeah. Look, you just, um, before we wrap up, I just wanted to, I was going to ask you about, you know, any particular apps that you recommend for people to help keep track of their spending. And I think you mentioned uh, one there, is it the Money Brilliant or Money Shift or something? You, yeah, what were those? Yeah, apps? Money Brilliant is one that uh, is quite good. Pocket Smith is another one. Um, there are quite a few apps out there now. So, it's you know, if you have a look online, you can find quite a few different ones and just find the one that works for you. But uh, what a few of these apps are really good at is they can actually, you can connect them up to your own 
personal bank account so it can actually start to identify different types of spending um, and you can then really work out where your money is going and it will actually look historically where your money has gone. So when you're starting a budget, it's good to understand where you've been spending your money in the past as a starting point and then you can start to identify going forward uh, what areas can I make a few changes with. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant advice. Well, look, this has been really great now chatting with you, John. Uh, so where can people um, find you to learn more about, you know, the, some of the services that you offer? Yeah, so I guess our website is www.announcer.com.au. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well, so you can look up John Hutchinson on LinkedIn. But um, look, my my suggestion to anyone is if they're thinking of seeing an advisor, if they're close by, I'm happy to more than happy to have a chat. If they've got a trusted advisor, someone in their network, I would suggest go and have a chat to someone. At the end of the day, there's probably not a lot to lose. If they can help you out, fantastic. Um, and at the very least, I'm sure they'll be able to point you in the right direction. So it's certainly worthwhile sometimes sitting down with someone, getting an external view, and uh, then just on the back of that, having a bit of a plan in place. Yeah, actually, just that just um, prompted me to ask another question, actually. Is there a, like a difference between a financial planner versus a financial advisor? Like, is there different qualifications that... that you know, that you might have gone through just for people to be aware of? Uh, so when you talk to a financial planner or financial advisor, they're essentially the same thing. But um, it's always good to see uh, what qualifications a financial advisor or financial planner has. Um, the, the qualifications to get into the industry have been increasing over the last few years, which is a really good thing. Um, and certainly for myself, having been in the industry for the last six or seven years, it's... Um, there's obviously qualifications to get in the industry, but also a lot of ongoing qualifications as well. So it means that, um, you know, good advisors in the industry have to continually make sure they're up to date, upskilling and uh, have the, I guess, necessary skills and qualifications to provide good quality advice. Mm, yep, sounds brilliant. Well, look, thanks so much for joining me today, John, and, you know, for sharing some of your financial wisdom. Um, I'm sure our listeners have gained some great tips uh, from you and feel empowered that they can, you know, improve their financial uh, situation regardless of what it is for them right now, uh, which is certainly going to have a positive flow and effect on their health too, which is, which is a wonderful thing. Not a problem at all, Audra. It looked very nice to come on and uh, great to have a chat. Awesome. Well, look, that's it for another edition of the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to share it with other shift workers you think may benefit. And if you really enjoyed the show, then please go ahead and give us a five-star rating in iTunes. And this will help me to spread the Healthy Shift Worker message to shift workers and organizations all around the world. If you'd like access to more free resources, including my newsletter, just visit my website, healthyshiftworker.com and enter your name and email address. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Until next time, may you continue to be as healthy as you possibly can be despite working 24-7. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.